And we are back for another episode of Lauer After Hours. We're going to do a little Zoners for Cowards this week and talk some NBA playoff basketball. With yeah. me, I got, uh, I got Pow out in California, and I got Ed Bob down in the DMV. How you fellas doing? God's country. Actually, he's in Texas right now. Ooh. Oh, you're on mute, Ed Bob. Yep, I am joining you guys from Garland, Texas. I'm down here in Texas. Hopefully, I will get to see the man Flem tomorrow. Oh, the man, the myth, the Flemgend. The Fledgend? There we go. That one's the second, second time to charm on that one. But uh, we got a little round ball talk that we want to get into today here on uh, Zonus for Cowards. You know, some, just a little thing that our after hours wants to, to try out here, to see, try it out and see if anybody wants to listen to us talk some hoops. But, uh, you know, exciting week of basketball. I think the play-in, honestly, it gets it gets its, its debates, hot debates every year now. And I think, like, the result has been every year that they've had it that it's pretty exciting. The one and done aspect of basketball is fun. I mean, football's had that, you know, for their playoffs for how long now? So, I mean, we have the obvious, um, you know, ooh, look at the room. Look at that room in there. We have the obvious, uh, you know, March Madness tournament, tournament, tournament that proves to us that uh, <laughs> that these tournaments do work. So, hopefully, I know somebody was kind of mentioning like. Um, they should do something like this for like the four worst teams in the league to play for the number one overall pick and then kind of slot the picks that way. That yeah, I saw that. I think Josiah had, had posted yeah. it on Twitter today because him, um, him and Agent Zero were talking about it on his pod about what they could do to change up the playoff um, playoff format and then something they could do. I think he called it the way off. Yeah, he called it the I, I love that. I do like the idea of of doing, you know, adding a little more competition because there's no hoops tonight, which kind of sucks. I wish we had basketball tonight, but we don't, you know, and that's just the way it goes. Uh, but we did have some play-in games and some play-in winners already. Uh, we, let's talk, uh, you know, we, we had uh, mentioned that, you know, the Lakers obviously winning and they're going to play Memphis starting Sunday. Um, I think the only reason why this series is going to be, you know, competitive and it can go either way is because you don't have Adams and Clark and those guys are like super crucial to the defense. Like those guys just shut down the rim when, when they're out there because what they really do is they allow Jaron Jackson jr. To play weak side a lot more. And he doesn't have to play on center a lot. And then he just wreaks havoc by blocking shots that way, you know, like he does at home when he blocks all those shots that he doesn't away, but they're, you know, they're legit. They are legit. But, uh, yeah, the Lakers are playing them. They played that game against Minnesota. It you, it went to show you that Minnesota would have been much better off not trading for Gobert because they were such a good five-out team with Towns at center. And Chris Finch finally had a year in like more with this squad. And once he just had, okay, four guys that can just switch on, you know, all these guys can switch on defense. The Timberwolves automatically already started to look better on both sides of the ball. But it looked like they kind of got a little tired towards the end. And then, you know, yeah, LeBron know. and AD. When I look at Minnesota, I, I just find them as to be a dumpster fire. I mean, uh, you know, Ooh. not to quote Wubon too much, but I feel like he always calls them like the dumb team because they just play down. And to me, it's a failure of an organization. You can't, as an organization, trade four first-round picks for Gobert, 
bring him in to be the adult in the room. And then everyone else is like, fuck this guy. He's not the adult in the room. We're not going to respect him. Like there was just some disconnect between, between the team and, 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 you know, and, and management when you bring him in and then we end up seeing what we see. Well, what I want to know is it, there seems to be this kind of like, so, so for example, doc rivers came out with some comments today about the Clippers and the team that he had there and, kind of how there was no cooperation and things weren't meshing. And when you look at the situation that the Clippers had and you look at the situation that the Wolves are going through currently, you've given up so much for this talent. They gave up so much for George and Leonard. And then, you know, you start hearing about like Leonard is allowed to still live in San Diego and, and commute when he wants to, you know, fly in and fly out. And that was starting to rub people like Pat Bev and, you know, Lou Williams, um, Montrez Harrell, who, who had been there for a few years with Doc. It, like it was rubbing them the wrong way when they felt like, you know, hey, you, like we should all be here together. And there's, you know, the, there's a pedestal thing here happening when like, you know, you're giving up these things. So you're also just giving these, you know, the players that you gave up a lot for. Okay, we're going to give you free reign to do what you want to do. You know, the player empowerment that we end up talking about. But then it's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword here where it's kind of backfiring on some teams. We've seen, seen it with the Nets, too. Didn't necessarily work out there. But, uh, you know, but, when you have to give up these things, but, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with that, but I do think, I mean, with Kawhi, like, he's that, he was, at the time, he was that guy. I mean, he, he was a top five, top three guy. Like, for a guy like that, you got to, you got to give them some power. But I thought that Doc was more so talking about those Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin teams because, like, they just couldn't – they couldn't get out the West. They couldn't take down Golden State. And just, like, throughout that whole time Doc was there with the Clippers, that was under under the Sterling regime, I'm sure that that, you know, played a major role in it. I mean, he said that he didn't think that that team – didn't very didn't get along very much but like I thought they I mean I'm from the outside obviously but they I thought they they looked like they had a pretty solid team I thought the team you know got along pretty well I think I did they had remember a good team man they had JJ Redick out there shooting with but, these dudes that can just lob for days yeah well, they were lob city right they were out there mm-hmm. yeah even though down. the Lakers led the league in alley-oops during, yeah, know. so like they had they had solid squads. I mean, I just think you can't. I mean, Chris Paul's never been the number one that's going to take you to the championship. I mean, that's clear. Mm-hmm. But Chris Paul is your best player. Not that you can't do anything. He's he's proven that. But like, as your best player, he's not getting you to the chip, and he's definitely not winning you the chip. So, well, I mean, to be honest, like Blake Griffin, if it wasn't for the injuries, was on a trajectory that was like okay. Chris Paul doesn't need to be that number one guy. It's going to be Blake. And he his three-point shooting was starting to improve. His ball handling was really starting to improve. And then, boom, injuries. And he got the the huge contract after the injuries. And then, he, you know, why is he going to still put himself out there to further get hurt? And then, you know, we end up seeing what we have with him. But I, I did – honestly, my mind did jump to, to Kawhi in them. I didn't even think about the Chris Paul and – you know, because that's it, it's crazy. Because it's like I think the 
trying to think if the Kawhi Leonard Clippers had like the best over like regular season record. The fact that they got past the first round, you know, too, was a huge thing. Um, second round even, but yeah, it was. But I also feel like, I mean, I don't know. To me, Blake Griffin was always. Not a work in progress, but never lived up to his potential. Never lived up to what we all expected he was going to become. And but, even before, you know, the really bad injuries he got, he just never seen. He seemed to be really good, but couldn't make that next step. And you know, to I, me, yes, I thought the Clippers had a good team, but they were. It seems in today's NBA, you need at least two stars, and they never seem to have that second guy, or even the first guy to have Paul be your second guy, which to me would be a much better team. I don't know though, because DeAndre was fringe defensive player of the year, and the fact that he didn't—he wasn't making All Star teams is also crazy. Because it's go, just, yeah, go ahead, Ed Bob, you're trying. No, to I, I think it's just the way that that team was built and the way that the game was changing. Because Blake was a dog. Like I get—I guess Blake was the number one, and I do feel like Blake probably could have been more like a Giannis type, but he's definitely not as slender as Giannis. But I feel like I could have seen him more in that role. Street but, clothes. I think they like the that was when Golden State was really popping off and that style of play, the three point shooting was was taken off. And I think that just with those two big men that they had, uh, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, that at that time where that transition was happening, it just that style of play wasn't going to work for them because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were already shooting out the gym and you got two big men who are putting up numbers, but you don't have anybody who's really out there shooting threes, shooting some deep. But they did have 2014 when they did beat the Warriors. Like they, they at least had that, that before the Warriors, you know, were, were fully knowing how to, how to run the system, how to run their system and what they wanted to do. They, they did beat them. Mark Jackson's last year with the team, you know, the clip that, that was the Clippers year. That that's when they had a, a really good chance at it. And for whatever reason, and I'm curious if the Lakers could try this out, but like, the there's this Lakers curse amongst um, Lakers Twitter, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but like, statistically, when really good shooters come to the Lakers, they cannot hit threes in Staples or in, yeah, in Staples. But for whatever reason, when it's a Clippers court, the Clippers have led the league in three point shooting. I mean, so. I think they got to see what's going on with the lighting, and you know, maybe it's the, maybe it's just you know having a packed house ever all the time. That's kind of nerve wracking. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's something about the 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 purple and gold. You know, maybe it like throws off the sight lines. You know, maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah, or maybe the physical parquet is or something. You know, maybe it's you know got an extra coat of wax or one less coat of wax, and it's just a little bit because they're running off different floors. I mean, you know, I need to like send this into Habistro and Basketball Illuminati. And see if they could look into this, and see if like he could see some statistics statistics on this. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make a note here. Uh, well, the other question I would I would pose also is, and I don't know this. I'm just from an outsider. Is it because of the way the team is constructed that like when it's time to hit a big three, LeBron's not passing it to you know whoever, and so they're getting just less they're getting less quality looks at times because of the way the team is constructed. Well, that's the not that's, a negative towards LeBron. Just, I mean, look, if I want to have a guy on their team taking a three, I want it to be LeBron. I mean, that's the truth, even well, if he's not going to hit it necessarily. That's the thing, though. The Lakers, because of the way they're constructed, a lot of the time the paint is packed to try to limit what AD and LeBron can do there. And they get the teams allow wide open threes all the time. Okay. 
And you'll have, you'll have like red. I, I mean, I can go down the line of like shooters that they've brought in since LeBron's been here at least. And it's just like, what the hell? For although Carmelo was like the antithesis of this, he was shooting like <laughs> like above fifty percent at Staples for like a crazy like like a crazy amount of home games, like over half. I want to say almost like over seventy five percent of the home games, he was in like over fifty percent from three. And then maybe like I think he ended the season at like forty five percent from at at home from three. But uh, you know, speaking of the game passing you buy during that time, Carmelo, we've been seeing a lot of this Carmelo clip go around, and there's just been a debate about you know. Is he a very overrated player? And to be honest, it's like he had 2009 with the Nuggets. And as a rookie, he was so exciting with the Nuggets, too. When he was a younger player, he was actually, like, winning a lot of games. I don't know why he wasn't, like, man. I think it was coaching or just maybe the way he was utilized. It was he, injuries. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like he's as, as he not a defensive be. guy. He's just a – he's a bucket getter. Melo is a professional bucket getter, okay? His game is not about defense or any of that. He's a bucket getter, and that's what he's going to do. He's going to make the hardest shots. He's going to put you in the blender. But, like, I just think he got to, you know, he he shined in his younger days, went to the Knicks, took all that money, didn't get any help because he took all that money. And then he got old and got injured. And so I think that chasing the money kind of ruined, I won't say ruined his career. He's still great, still had a great career. But, like, that's why he didn't get that chip. I don't think he, he was – focused on getting his than he was. And Bob, I, so, I mean, other than the last thing you said, I so disagree. The only good time he ever had was when Chauncey Billis was stirring a drink in Denver. He came to New York and he pounded the rock into the ground for 20 of the 25 sec, 20 of the 24 seconds and then shot it. To me, he was, to, to, to me, my biggest problem with Carmelo is I get it. Fourth quarter, be that guy. First three quarters, get the rest of your team involved so they feel like you know, when it comes to the fourth quarter and they need you to, they need to like bust their humps, they're going to. Camelo was always too selfish. I wouldn't, oh, I, can list, I can list 400 plays I would take for Melo. I wouldn't want Melo on my team if you paid me to take him. I wouldn't. I mean, I, Melo's a, he's, he's a, he's an elite scorer. And I, I mean, I definitely agree with you. That's the point I'm making. He was all about his, wasn't worried about team success. So that's what really messed, you know, derailed his career. So I definitely agree with you on that. But, okay. With the way he, with the way that man scores buckets, that you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell me there's 50 better scorers of the basketball than him. Not in his uh, yeah, because even mean, honestly, yeah, I was, I, mean, I was surprised when he came back with, with Portland. I was like, oh, like he. I mean, I, I was actually surprised he was still scoring at that rate. The crazy thing is, though, is like the three point shooter he has been since you know Portland and the stint they have with the Lakers. He was not really that before. Like, no, and, and, and like if he if he was that type of shooter before, okay, it's it's a whole different story. But you know, you I know. would agree. Yeah, I, thought, I thought I respected what he did in Portland and the way he played in Portland. Yeah, I, I never totally respected him when game. he was with the he had, to, he had to change his role though. He had to become that that um you know that pop and shoot guy. He couldn't. I mean, he wasn't the ball handler anymore. He wasn't the prime guy. So he yeah. definitely had to change the game to do that in Portland. But I th- I still think that I just think if he had more of a team mentality and team success mentality Melo definitely could have done some you know done a lot better in the league of course but I would also argue if he had played defense three more times down the court a game he probably would have stopped him two to three times and he would have I to to me to to me I I get he didn't want to play the four I, I totally understand that but I feel like there were times where he could have paired just a little bit even on a defensive end 
well, that would have made leaps and bounds difference for him. The way he the way he looks to certain of us who can't stand him, and he would have helped you know win more games. But I digress. I could. That I could that's why the Tyson Chandler Jason Kidd team was so crucial, and that's why they got second in the East that year. Because you had a team with defensive pieces around Melo, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're going to have lockdown defense around him, and then we're going to use him as a scorer. That's why he was so effective with Team USA, because they were they just let Melo, like, and he has all these points with Team USA, because it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course he should. All these dudes are busting their ass playing defense, and they're giving him the ball on the other end. He's just draining easy open shots. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and the, and that's the formula with, with, the, with the guy. And that's why it's like he has these certain things. And it's like, you know, I'm not trying to take credit away from him either. Because to be honest, like Nuggets Carmelo, I, I was a huge fan of. I really loved when he was on that team. He was like he and it's crazy. And like it never made sense to me because like the Western Conference is a much harder conference at that time. It was, a you know, you had 50 win mm-hmm. teams as the eighth place team making it into the playoffs. And and then you go to the, the Knicks and it's just, you know, it's a thing of like, you know, with the Lakers, if the like the Lakers could have waited one season and then still had Brandon Ingram and all these young guys and then signed, you know, Anthony Davis as a free agent. And then they decided to pull the trigger early. And it's like with the Knicks, if they would have just waited till Carmelo was a free agent, signed him and you still have a young Gallinari and all these other pieces around him, you know. What fate does that well, change? And, to and, they totally and to me, depleted the team with the trade. Yeah. And this, to me, that's the problem. And I Back give you credit for this. All to, it's all Donnie so Walsh was like, no, we're not trading. We're not trading everything we got. And then, uh, you know, our, our wonderful shit ass owner stepped in and said, no, go get him. And it was like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> you're, I, you're, you're destroying the team, so to speak. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think if it was a different organization, it might have gone differently. I mean, the oh, I, are, I agree. No, no, no. The, the Knicks are a dumpster fire. I mean, yeah. this is the first time in, in 25 years I can, you know, proudly wear my Knicks hat. <laughs> I can't say, like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what the trade – I don't remember the trade. I don't know what he went for. I don't know what uh, the He Nuggets went got. for a shit ton. It was like Felton and well, – I'm going to pull it up right now. Chandler and Gallinari and Mozgov and a first-round pick in two seconds. And honestly, for – for Melo, let's I compare say, it to the okay. I want to compare it to the Gobert trade too. It's just not. It's just because it was the Knicks. It was always going to go poorly. But for a player of Melo's caliber and that man's skill sets, I mean, I once I once we get the whole picture, I'll see if I think it's a good or bad trade. But I mean, there's a player like Melo. You you give up assets for that? No, totally, totally. I just think you get to to me. I would have rather have given up more picks and kept. Maybe some of the players we gave up, but neither here nor there. It's it, hey, well, it, it's in the past. We're supposed to be talking playoffs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're down a mellow rabbit hole. That happens. So the other thing I wanted to talk about quick is okay. I have wait, real quick. I have it right here. Denver got Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Gallinari, Timofey Mozgov, a first round pick, a, a second and two second round picks. And then $3 million in cash. The Knicks got Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Sheldon Williams, Anthony Carter, and Ronaldo Balkman. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> let me see. And then for the Jazz, oh, man. I, I This is just so good. Like, the, this trade is just terrible. 
because I think there. Oh, there's an art. There's an article here. Danny Age fleeced him, Minnesota. Yeah. So, well, because there, there was what four first four. Okay, so yeah, they got four first round picks. Four firsts. And then I'm trying to think what the play. They got Patrick Beverly. They got uh, Vanderbilt. They got Beasley in the trade. They got a but. They got a bunch of guys that were crucial to like the playoff run that they had the year before. When yeah. it's like it should have been two picks less and like two players less or something, you know, something like that. But um, let's get back. Yeah, I'll, I'll get us back on real quick. Four first rounds yeah. is insane. The heat. Oh, four. four first rounds is insane. So speaking, let's get back to the plan. The Heat are playing the Bulls tomorrow, and you know we're we're on a team on two different paths. Now the Heat are lucking out in the fact that Dr. DeRozan is not going to be there heckling their shooters at the free throw line because she put on an absolute master class on the Toronto Raptors last night, making them shoot 18 for 36. And as a heckler myself, I can honestly say she had a huge impact on that game. And I'm not going to take anything that anybody says that, it's, that she did not. Okay. Even Scotty Barnes himself said today in their exit interviews that she sent them packing. Okay. Gone fishing as, as you may say. So we have the Heat and the, uh, you know, the Heat were kind of disappointing. I, I I did expect a lot more, but honestly, the media really, like, the media had said all those things about the Lakers and officiating and, like, counting out the Wolves. They also counted out, you know, the Hawks, the, the rumor that Trey Young's going to get traded, which was crazy and nuts to kind of hear the day of the game. And they come out, and then all of a sudden, you know, Quinn Snyder, you got DeJounte Murray. You got uh, Trey Young putting on a master performance, and now they're going to you know, see the Boston Celtics. But the Heat are playing the Bulls tomorrow. And honestly, the way the Bulls play defense, if the Heat are going to come out and kind of put on another performance again like that, where Jimmy Butler's a non-factor, Bam's a non-factor, the Heat are going home and the Bulls are going to be playing. The Heat the are going home, yeah. I mean, I, I had – I mean, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not a Heat lover in any stretch, but I expected so much more. I thought, I thought if they had gotten the seven seed – they would have given Boston Celtics a run. I thought if they could have made their way to the six before the play-in and they would have given the Sixers, you know, I still think the Sixers would have beat them, but I think it would have been a longer series. I just think even if they win, Milwaukee is just going to crush them. I just don't, I, I don't think you can stop Giannis, especially not. I mean, I don't think Bam is ready for that smoke, even though I think Bam has improved this year on the defensive end. I don't think he's ready for that smoke from Giannis. So, I mean, the you know, Bucks I think, are just so good. Yeah, they're such a good team. I mean, you they're bringing Middleton off the bench right now. Yeah, he's not what he, you know, he's not his normal self either. But I mean, you got Joey Inglis in there, and then you got you know just Middleton coming off the bench. The Bucks are a scary team. Yeah, I I don't think it's going to be the same situation with the bubble, you know, where we had the the Heat coming out and totally taking you know shocking the world and beating beating the Bucks. Yeah, uh, and because I don't even know if they're going to get past Chicago. They don't have the shooters. Their shooters aren't what they were, you know, and this tends to happen, you know, as much as a, a lot of, you know, these uh, undrafted players and, you know, reclamation projects get built up for the heat. They have, they, they flame out. Yeah. They don't, they're not consistent. They, uh, I mean, you go down the line, all, all of these guys that they've always, you know, Dion waiters, uh, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson. Uh, I mean, they're not even playing Duncan Robinson at this point. He's making like yeah. $19 million. He's just chilling there. And Struess isn't hitting like he was, right? You have all these guys where they, they, they get really hot and sometimes, and then they get paid and then they're nothing. Yeah. 
Except for a shout out to Dion Waiters. I will say bubble cheese. You know, he did help the Lakers create get a chip. Yeah, they're just too like I don't know what it is. I don't it's not old. Old isn't the word. I don't but it's just like they're too average. Like you said, they have a bunch of role players, guys that nobody knew about, started playing well. They developed them, but now they're not hitting. They're just like so bland and average. Like I'm not getting any spice from the heat. And Kyle Lowry, he did his thing. They were talking all that trash about Kyle Lowry. He dropped with like 33 and they still lost. And if you if you don't win the Kyle Lowry game, I don't think you you might just want to go home because he dropped yeah. 33 after being slandered all season and you lost the game. That's not a good look. Yeah, and like the and the thing is it too, like I don't know how much of a solid strategy it is to just okay, well, we're just gonna have Jimmy Butler and and Kyle Lowry, you know, ready for the playoffs. I mean, that just that just never works out. You need you need more chemistry out there. You need, you know, a little bit more familiar, you know, familiarity. Oh, I can't say that word right now. I don't know why. But, what does Tyler Hero bring? Like, what does he do? Because I don't like I hear, you know, you need you to hear, count. You need to count on Tyler him being Hero, hot. But like, then, I never hear stories about. Oh, Tyler Hero went off this game and helped propel the Heat. Like all season, I don't hear Tyler Hero talk. So I'm just like, what is he bringing to the table? Because he's supposed to be that third guy behind Jimmy and Bam. And I, I don't know what they're getting from him, but it doesn't seem like much. Well, they were struggling so bad this year they had to start him. Yeah. They, they they needed a shooting. But I, I agree. I mean, he's, you know, he had his Tache moment, and I think we he didn't go he didn't go on another podcast with Tache. So I think this is where his mistake arises again, because it's like no, go on another pod, you know, podcast with Tache, talk more shit, play better again, because this seems to be the recipe. When you act cocky and you talk shit, you seem to somewhat play better. So you might as well just lean into that, you know. Am I totally crazy there? But yeah, I I, I do agree though, because it's like I was watching this game and I'm like thinking, oh, he had these comments about Trey Young and Luca. And I'm like, what is he exactly doing in this game? He wasn't doing shit. They tried to say Devin Booker. Like, what no. And like I'm not even a huge Devin Booker fan, but you know he's not hooping like Devin Booker. No, he is not hooping like Devin Booker, not even close. Nowhere near. Not even close. There's no there's like it's no garbage scenario where they're gonna feed him the ball every time. Is he putting up seventy points like Booker did? And I and I talk a lot of shit on Devin Booker putting up seventy points because it was a bullshit seventy points, but it was still seventy points. And you know, Hero's never gonna come fucking close to that. Has he even had a forty point game? Let me see. No, I don't think so. like that thirty, like thirty six in the playoffs a few years ago, and like that's it. Like he saved. He saved their their season in that one game he had in the playoffs, and that's the last big thing I've heard from Tyler Hero. Other oh, than he had forty one, he had forty one points earlier this year on December fifteenth. That was it, though. That was forty one. It is it barely got over forty. Yeah, give forty two. <laughs> two in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about some matchups that we may be looking forward to in the first round. Obviously, I mentioned Lakers in Memphis. You know, um, I'm a Lakers I'm homer. Uh, I'm excited for this series. It's going to be very good. The, the matchups are, are going to be very interesting. There's going to be a lot of shit talking. I hope Shannon Sharp is at every fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like you know just get him get him a LeBron get him a jersey for every player. Fuck it. 
Why not? Lean into that shit. Like, be the bad boy Lakers or whatever. We need some fun, okay? LeBron needs to finally turn heel. He needs to have his whole Hollywood Hulk Hogan moment. Go Hollywood LeBron, okay? Still be a great dad, all right, and role model to the youth. But, you know, this is what he – this is, you know, just – Go go lean lean into it. You want to you know Dylan Brooks wants to act like he's a bad guy now. You go show him what's up. But uh, other than that, I think that Ant. I think you know you're wearing a, a hat right now of the Knicks. Honestly, I gotta say in the Eastern Conference, the series I'm looking forward to the most has Cleveland to be Cavs Knicks. What was that, Ed Bob? Cleveland six. Cleveland six. Ooh, I'm, that's what I was gonna pick too. Right? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. Look, I, I think they're gonna shut down the rim. The, the Knicks are three and one versus them in the in the regular season, and I know that's not the playoffs. And I know you know last year the Knicks won one game, and the the you know the fan base was on fire. So um, I think it's gonna be a tough series against Cleveland. I think they're actually gonna win, and then I think they're gonna get rolled in the next round by Milwaukee handily. So. Um, you know the series that I'm actually interested in is is is, is Clip Suns because yeah. I'm intrigued to see can KD yeah. and CP3 stay healthy. Not even can they do? Can they just literally stay healthy? Because to me, they they continue to show that they can't. Well, what's so. the status with Aiton too? Because the, the, what's going to be interesting is like I think one thing that's not mentioned enough, and I mean having another seven footer out there and KD kind of offsets this a little bit, but. Having somebody that that kind of control that can shut down Aiton really shuts down a lot of what this team does successfully well in the pick and roll with Chris Paul because I mean Aiton's a, yeah. a massive human being, and Zubats is going to do that. This is a good matchup for Zubats to be out there, um, but I, I, you know, the, these four or five matchups are really good, and and I th- and I agree this this one's going to be right up there. I think along with the Kings and the Warriors, Hi, Bob. Yeah, no, this I, I agree. I think this would be a lot better, of course, with Paul George. If Paul George was healthy, this would probably be yeah. like my number one. I'm going to watch every second of every game series because that would just it would just be great. But yeah. because we don't have Paul George, we don't have Kawhi and Paul George strapping up Devin Booker and KD. I, I definitely think that Phoenix will take it if they can stay healthy. Yeah, I I think it might go all seven too. I think this is a seven game series in the out, out the gate in the first round. And yeah, I'm gonna be contrarian because I always think we think the Clips are gonna lose, and I think they're gonna shock everybody and go out there and, and, and is you know short of Kawhi getting hurt, which is another concern broadly speaking. But I don't know. I just well, I, no, I'm I, feeling I, I'm feeling the Clips, and I agree with you. And from this point, I I'm, I think I'm gonna take the Clippers in seven as well. Because you're relying on four guys, and you're relying on two guys who are quite frankly old. You know they're older now, and they're 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 very injury ridden, and they haven't. You know, and the one thing that I've been learning more and more is like when you have certain injuries, like you know Kevin Durant has a has a knee and then an ankle. Like those things are gonna nag until yeah. it has proper you know time to rest and and heal. And in an NBA season, you don't have that proper time and rest to heal, and especially in the playoffs, you're not gonna have that proper time and rest to heal. So you're, it's not, I'm not necessarily saying there's going to be a re-injury, but there's going to be a case where, okay, I'm going to be out there, but maybe I'm playing 80, 90%. And like, yeah, I mean, you can, you can tweak a, you can, you know, a wet spot on the floor, you tweak a knee very easily. And you know, you're, you're completely off your game. You can't, you can't set up the shot. You can't do, you know, all the stuff you need to do, so to speak. And just playoff basketball is so much different than regular season basketball where, 
guys like Josh Okogi, you know, we'll see how he how he does. But I mean, not having that experience and having to fill a regular season role where guys are hurt is fun, is one thing. Yeah. But you really see how limited rotations become in the playoffs because those guys aren't going to be able to cut it in playoff basketball. That's why it becomes a seven, eight man, you know, at the yeah. most, sometimes nine man rotation. You need to play your best guys at all time. Yep. So in the in the Clippers and Ty Lue have been showing that, okay, if we need to, like, I mean, Kawhi Leonard against the Lakers this. played a whole second half. Yeah. And it's like, geez, you know, like. And and I'll be honest, I didn't like Ty Lue. I thought he's done a wonderful job this season. I thought he's, he's done a wonderful I didn't job love his as a coach, time but there. I he's thought he great, came he's out a, and, like, yeah. He's a phenomenal Considering coach. Considering to work with between Paul George and Kawhi just being injured and just Kawhi load managing all the time, Ty Lue has done great because even, yeah. I feel like they're in a pretty similar position last year but like for them to be the fifth seed like they're they're like the heat for me like I don't hear much about them throughout the season but they're firmly entrenched in the playoffs and they like they've been playing well and they I think they have depth they have they have a pretty good bench and yeah we don't go as deep but I think they have some solid experienced guys on that bench who have been there before so I think I no, yeah, pa- Powell and Covington have playoff experience, and they're going to be very solid for you. Uh, Terrence Mann at this point has playoff experience. Now he's going to be solid for you, and he's been around really good players too. Yeah, um, you know Westbrook. No, he. I mean, he. Say what you will. He's had playoff experience, and Ty Lue's using him correctly in the sense of okay, he has a lot of energy here for twenty minutes, and then and he's going to scarcely see him in the second half. Chris Paul yeah. and KD. So you know he's going to go crazy. Oh yeah. Those. He's going to put in so much energy, and he's just going to be moving. And Eric, having Eric Gordon and Batum are solid vets, too, to have out there, and they're really good Gordon, shooters. And I forgot Eric Gordon was there. I saw no, yeah, and, and, and Tyler's been using Morris him really well. well. No, I, honestly, Tyler's been a very good coach from the minute he got there. He Because he, he Kawhi and Paul George have missed mo, more games yeah. than than Anthony Davis on their own, like each. Like, the, you know, I'm not saying, like, combined. I'm saying, like, each right. of them have missed more games in their time in L.A. than, than – than the uh Davis and it's just like he still has them in, in good position. They're still a very, very well coached team. The the you know, the rotation's been different on a given night all the time. I mean he got the most out he had Reggie Jackson in last year's playoffs playing like he should never have been playing like that ever in his life. I mean I was like where is this resurgence coming from? Like what the hell? Like re- like this is the Reggie Jackson that was in Oklahoma City for like a fleeting moment. Like where did this still, guy come from? Right. What? Isn't Reggie still there on the bench? No, they traded him. Oh, yeah. they did. Where did he, he go? Or they traded him, or they cut him? They but or they released him. They 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 oh. bought or maybe bought him out like they did with John Wall. But they they got yeah. rid of those both of those guys at the same time. Yeah, John Wall. Like and see the one. I don't. I think I just don't like all this this Russ hate because I'm like John Wall been sitting for three years and ain't nobody saying a damn thing about him. Like he been injured, he ain't been hooping, and he just sitting there not getting slandered. Russ goes out there every night, man, and and he 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 never cheats you. He doesn't cheat the game. And John Wall I agree just completely passionate effects, not doing anything. We ain't seen John Wall play in like three years. Yeah, where's the John Wall slander? Yeah, he and he he's so entitled too, and that's why we're not seeing him play that much because teams are like, dude, you're like you're not the player you were. Like you, you keep trying to rely on the guy that you were, and it's like you're not that guy anymore. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that John Wall anymore. You can't do the three sixty like you used to. 
you know? I was never a, a, a huge John Wall fan. And I mean, uh, coming from the, the DC area and the Wizards being there, I just, I don't know, they just are terrible. And then I feel like the same thing that we were talking about with Melo is what's going on with Bradley Beal because he could be on the Heat, he could be on the Lakers, he could be somewhere, but he's sitting there in Washington signing signing those extensions. Signing the checks, like, those big those big money yeah. checks. And you're going to be complaining about legacy when you retire, but like, bro, you you had every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I agree. At, at the same at the same time, I would just like to say I feel like with Beal. And also, we can talk about Dame maybe versus Melo. Melo wanted out of Denver. So it wasn't like Melo was like, I'm going to stay here, with the team that drafted me, and continue to, 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 to try to up. I, I do give Bill some credit for, I feel like he's got a similar to Dame thing, which is like, Mm-mm. this is the organization for me. I'm staying here. I'm doing this. You, uh, you seem to disagree, Ed, Bob. No, I, mean, I, cause, I cause, think he has that, but not as as strongly as I feel like Dame has that Dame has that conviction. And I think it's, it's dumb, whatever. You're not going to win a chip in Portland, but I res- I respect it from Dame for some reason. And maybe it's just it's because Dame more. plays hard every night for that organization, despite yeah. the fact, and it seems like Beal is like, I mean, like, it sucks to say, but it seems like he's just yeah, collecting and, checks. And, and, and he's to be like, fair, Dame is good. much better than Beal. I just yeah, feel like there's a sim- to me there's a similar I feel like there's a similar thing there versus like I said Mello or some of these other guys who get out of one organization and then want to sign all that checks it's like well you already made you already made your bed by forcing you to say at, at a at a team X to get the team Y kind of thing I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean point. if the organization isn't doing anything around you like you yeah. got to like I don't I don't fault players for that because it's like mm-hmm. They're not doing anything. And like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Melo picked a, a, a terrible team to go to. But mm-hmm. it's just like Bradley Beal has been sitting there. First off, you were there with John Wall. And y'all made it to one conference finals, I think, if that. No, second round. That was the one, best though. team y'all had. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. when with them and John Wall. And now John Wall's been gone. Obviously, when, when Russ was there, they, they were looking pretty good when Russ was over there in DC, but I knew Russ didn't want to stay in DC, but that team was looking pretty solid. That's when, um, well, there was, were, I think he did like in DC actually. Cause there was talks of him maybe going back again. Yeah. But I think he wanted, I think he knew that he wanted to be on a contender. Like he knew like Washington wasn't going to do anything. Nobody wants to be on a team. That's not doing anything, which is strange to me. While you got guys like Dame and Bradley Beal who are just sitting around year after year, like, Y'all not making no moves. They they just they did the same thing they just did to Bradley Beal when John Wall got traded. It's the same thing as CJ McCollum getting traded. So now you've been sitting there how many years without CJ? Like, and you really think that Portland is making the moves and you have the pieces to mm. to win a chip when you you're what eleventh in the West? Like, come on, Dame, you just got to be realistic. And I'm not saying you need to force your way out, but like, I well, just what? I just think it. Don't you? He's acting like, oh, I want to stay and win this chip here, but you know it's not going to happen. One thing I find crazy is that the pieces that they that they traded from McCollum, they've already kind of shipped out. Like Josh Hart was like the main part of that, one of the main parts of that deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they got rid of him already. And it's like, dude, like it it is time for him to really consider. Like I'm not even talking about go to the Lakers. Like just you know go go to a contender in general. Like get out of right. there, go to a good team where you're one A, one B, whatever. But like you deserve, he deserves a lot better. Um, honestly, okay. 
windy moment before we go to predictions here. He's been talking about Phoenix a lot. I watched in Stephen A's world last night for the play-in game. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he had Dame on, and he kept asking who he really likes in the league. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Now, why would he say that? Now, why would he say that? Hmm. I would well, never. This, I think Here's Dame is going to try to get his way to Phoenix to play with Booker and um and KD. I'm sorry, but you ain't getting you ain't getting Dame out of Portland and not giving up Booker. No, like, you give up Aiton and Chris Paul. No, why, why would Portland do that? Let's take a CP3 because, right now. Well, because because Dame gave them very. He did his best no. there forever. He did his best there for years. You trade for you'd, you'd for have deals to give up Booker. You'd have to Booker would have to be part of the deal. I, I to me to me no. no there's no way Booker. There, there's no way they'd give up. They, they'd want that, to pair Booker with with Dame. Nah, I, I, yeah, that okay, doesn't that, work to me. That you yeah. can't have all three of them together. They're they're too ball dominant. You not, like, they, nobody would be. No, they would be looking all really great shooters at the end of the game. Hey, listen, KD knows what, what it's like to play the unselfish ball, okay? He could just defer. Yeah, but I feel like Dame and Booker are, are, are too similar. Like Yeah, they're exactly the same. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying, guys, okay? This is keep an eye on this. I'm telling you to keep an eye on this because he's he was throwing out Phoenix's name a whole bunch because they're saying, Who do you like to win out here in the West? Phoenix. Okay, he I'm just, you know, keep why would he do that? Windy. Okay. Just keep an eye on it. Let's talk some finals predictions here. Who are we thinking at the end of the day? Because we want to have this on record before these playoffs start. Our meeting in the in the finals. And who do we have winning in the finals? Ant, you told me yours first today. So I'll tell the audience yours first. Yeah, I think I think it's the Warriors West relatively easily. And I think Milwaukee comes out of East. Um you know, I, I don't – I think especially going into the finals in the East, I think Boston and Philly are going to beat each other up, and when they go to face Milwaukee, they're not going to have much left. And I'm sorry, I, I don't think – I think the Warriors' toughest challenge is going to be Denver. I'm not scared of Memphis. I'm not scared of the Lakers. I thought they didn't play well enough against Minnesota, who has who who, who was undermanned by multiple players. And, I you know, I don't think – I don't trust Chris Paul and then and and, uh, and KD to stay healthy. So I think and I think the Warriors will win the title and piss off a lot of people who want them to go away. <laughs> That's insane. What do you have? What's the how many games? I think it'll go seven. Well, here's the other thing for me: the Warriors are so dominant at home. To me, I know they suck on the road. But if they win one of four on the road in all their home games, they win every series. So that's why I think even on the outliers, I think it's the Warriors West. I don't think it's a standout team. I, I like Denver, but I still think I think it'll be Denver versus um, you know, Warriors in the final in the in the West Conference Finals, Warriors winning. And I think Milwaukee walks through these relatively easily. Go ahead, Ed, Bob. Yeah, what do you have? I'm in the, the East. I definitely Got the Bucks winning the East. I don't think anyone's taking them out. Unless injury, you know, I think they got the East. I don't have much belief in the Warriors. I mean, they just got Wiggins back. I'm not a Warriors fan anyway, but like I don't Jordan Poole's not playing. You say they're yeah, Jordan Poole is another he's another one of those guys that that he's a Tyler Hero type. He got sized, he got the deal, whatever. But like I'd say he's better. I don't I don't think they can I don't think they can 
you, they're terrible on the road. And like, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, all they have to do is win one. That's hard to do in the playoffs. And that was hard for them to do all regular season. Mm-hmm. And it's even harder yeah. in the playoffs for them to win a road game. So I don't, I don't see, I don't, I mean, they're definitely going to shoot. They're going to do what they do, but I don't, I don't have an answer for the West. I'm just going to go with Denver just because I'm like, you know, top team. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ride with them, but like, I don't, I don't trust the Warriors. I don't trust Phoenix staying healthy. If I did, I would definitely probably choose Phoenix, but I just don't trust that they can stay healthy. Somebody's going to get injured. This is classic Chris Paul injury time. KD has been injured. I don't know. Devin Booker, something like that. You never know. I don't know. But, like, I got to go with Denver. Denver and the Bucks. And the Bucks take it. But it'll be nice. Let's say you're going six games, maybe. All right. What what do you got, Pat? I got, uh, I mean, I think it's consensus here, but the Bucks are running away with the East, like we said. And honestly, Ant, I don't even think it's a thing of, like, the Sixers and the Celtics are going to beat each other up. I just think even if the Sixers swept the Celtics and the Celtics swept the Sixers, they're getting their asses handed to them by the Bucks. Oh, I think um, Giannis is. I think Giannis is amazing, best player in the league. I think you know. But yeah, they, they, he and he's like playing at such a in such a rhythm and at such a crazy high level right now too, where it's like he's playing better right now than he did his MVP seasons, and like it's just it's absolutely insane. Yeah. When it comes to the West. I'm going to be an unapologetic homer here, and I'm going to pick the Lakers to make it all the way to the finals. Um, I just think that they match up well with the Warriors. They match, they happen like if, like I said, when it comes to the Grizzlies, I'd be, it's going to be maybe a six, seven game series with them alone. But the Grizzlies aren't at full health at the big man position where they need to be. Yep. And I saw them, I saw them play the Grizzlies live in person this year, and that down the stretch, like, they they get so gassed having to play these bigger bodies and it's just I think it's gonna be what's gonna undo them. And then uh I'm not I don't I don't even think the Nuggets are gonna make it to the Western Conference Finals. Whoever comes out from the Clippers and in, in Phoenix, they're gonna beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets were playing like absolute garbage on the second half. Like at post All-Star break, I mean it got mentioned here and there, but the Nuggets didn't play very good at all. They did and, not. And that's why I also have confidence in the Lakers because they were the best team in the Western Conference post All-Star break with this team that they have. They have, you know, they've shown before in the past you have competent defenders out there that that's going to sure up one side of the court with AD and then competent shooting, maybe close to average shooting with LeBron can get it done. Um, but I think in the end, the Bucks are going to take it in six. I, I just think they're a really, really good team. As much as I love the Lakers, like the Bucks are awesome and they're, they're stacked and they, you know, they have a, they just have homegrown talent and they have guys who've embraced the the city like Lopez and Portis and um it's, it's Connaughton. It's just hard to beat teams that are that that solid. So that that's what so, I'm so, so of course if we've all picked the Bucks, that means they're gonna lose, right? <laughs> Ooh, we'll we'll see. I mean Boston's not what they were last year. If Boston no, was playing I know. like they I... were last year and, and the Bucks, you know, and the Bucks are playing even better this year and Middleton's back, then it's like, okay, let's see what let's see what we have going on. And the Sixers, I'm just completely not going to buy. The Sixers oh, aren't no, going to make it out of the second round again. I think the Celtics will beat them again. Um, and I, just, I don't know. Jo- Joel been balling, and I'm not a Joel fan, but that boy has been hooping. He has. Yeah, but he I, has been hooping. 
but with James Harden, like, with postseason James Harden, not like we have to see James Harden show up in the postseason for once and, and like redeem himself in some kind of way here. Sure, but that that's what that's what you're really gonna need. You're it because because I mean postseason Joel, Embiid in the postseason has never been a problem. He hoops all out all the time. It's just does he have enough around him on the on that team? Does he have the good enough it's coaching like, that are going to make adjustments okay. that are going to help him out and be successful in this case? You know. But also when you face the Celtics, I mean, the Celtics, have, like you said, power, not what they were. And I feel like they're having an eternal identity crisis between Jalen Brown, you know, and he's, he's just – He's on his way he, out. I, look, I mean, I, I'll be very honest. I was saying this to, to my buddies months ago. The Knicks need to put together a package, Randall, a couple of firsts, RJ and go Nick. get go – get, Fine, RJ, and go get go and go get Brown. I think you pair like Brunson and Brown in New York, and they're a much better team. And I think someone like Randall, who doesn't need to be the number one dog, and does better when he's not asked to be the number one dog. I think could be a great running mate. Well, I mean, I, if, you, if you slot Tatum but, at anyway. the three, he he's in a more natural position where he's not playing the four. But yeah. I mean, to be honest, if they found a way to kind of keep Randall alongside Brunson and. Jalen Brown and you know give up Barrett that way and, and give up some because they have picks too so give up some of those yeah. picks give up quickly you know I think you might have something there you see I to me I'd rather give up Randall just because to me look he's played great this season he's just not a number one and even though well that's where, that's been our best look- player he's still acting at times going out I need to I need to hit 37 shots no you don't you need to go that's where yeah. Brown comes in. He he takes over that number one role, of taking Maybe. those shots. You, Randall kind of slides you, in as a pseudo two to in Brunson. They kind of. I was going to ask you guys, believe that Brown is a one? Because I thought I feel like the one B role is a, is the perfect role for him. But from what I Man. hear, he wants to he wants to be the guy. He wants to be the main option. In, so in, I'm just wondering, do you guys see him as the one? Here's why I see Jalen Brown as a one. There was a game in in the finals when the Celtics did beat. Golden State in Golden State, and that's because he took over in the fourth quarter and said, "Give me the ball," and he just went off. And I and from that moment on, I'm like, okay, this guy's this guy has it. Like when it comes to him and Tatum, like the what was making them such a real credible threat was that it was like a one A one B situation instead of like a one and a two because Brown was playing that elite that well, and he plays that well. I mean, and and, and, he, and you can kind of see that he he wants a little bit more of that respect because it's Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum. But it's like, hey, he was just as responsible for them playing that well last year too. You know, he's got that in him too. When I mean, anytime they they show up Not to the Lakers, just... he shows up to play and go at LeBron. Like he always shows up to go at the best players. So that's yeah, where he, I think he that's has... his main thing is defense. He's he's definitely going to show up and and defend one of your top defenders every night. He does that. He gives you that effort, but like he's just not he's not as consistent as Tatum. Yeah, I I would I would agree with you, but I'm not quite sure about about Jalen Brown as a one. I certainly do think though, if you took him off the Celtics, he certainly warrants giving a shot to see if he could be that dog night in and night out. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like him and Brown are are not. I mean, um, you know, they're not playing the same position, but there's just enough overlap that they get in each other's way sometimes. What and if he don't... went to the Nets? Hmm. I think the guys that, I... that they got now. The, I mean, yeah. the, the... honestly, that would be so dangerous because you the, the the wing depth and power that they have already that'd be nuts. 
Put him out there against with McHale and Cam Johnson. Yeah, and he would start he would all three be the of them. One there. He would be the one there, but they would that would be a solid three-headed attack right there because McCall Bridges has been hooping. You still keep Dimwitty at point guard? You still got Cla- – uh, is it – what's his yeah. name? The, the center that was really good on defense this year. I was going to call him Claxton. Is that his name? Uh, yeah, 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 Claxton. Nick Claxton. Yeah, Nick Claxton. That's right. You got Cam little, Thomas coming off the bench, you know, dropping 40 here and there when you need him to, to on a regular season night. Yeah, why yeah, they do I, why bench him like that after those games? Didn't he drop like three 40-point games? Four 40-point games in a row. Ain't seen them since. No, he actually, he had, it was funny, but to finish off the season, he had a, he dropped 46. Dang. Um, yeah, but, uh, okay, let's, I think, I think that gives us a, you know, time for growth when we get the next, uh, zone is for cowards going, but that's been another, or I guess that's the, our first episode of this, and, you know, hopefully you guys like our, our second round preview, or we'll maybe talk about the first round a little bit more here and there going <laughs> forward, but Ed Bob's going to be doing more pods, so I think we'll be able to have that opportunity. So joining us from God's Country, Virginia, we got Ed Bob. Out Mount in Brooklyn. Down in the D. Mount got, Dallas now. Oh, that's right. Out in Texas, yeah. That's right. On the dirty D. And then out in uh, Brooklyn, we got Ant in Brooklyn. Ant's saying, hey. what's up, Ant? Yep. And then myself, Kyle, out in L.A. Have a good night.